Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the Biz Weekly Recap, where we bring you what you need to know on the legislative session and give you a look into the week ahead. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast. Our political guru, Bo Staples, is in the studio today to break down what might be happening next week at the Capitol. But first, let's go over our top three stories of the week. Number one, lobby-opposed vaccine bill HB54 was deferred. Number two, lobby-supported tax bills made it out of committee. And number three, important House education bills are on the move. All right, our top story of the week was that Representative Larry Bagley voluntarily deferred his bill, HB 54, to a later date following some fierce opposition in the House Criminal Justice Committee hearing yesterday. Just for some background, this bill would criminalize business owners for asking their employees their COVID vaccination status, and we at Lobby strongly oppose this bill. In the hearing, Representative Bagley got pushback from committee members on both sides of the aisle, including Representatives Nelson, McKnight, Marino, and Marcel. Representative Marcel had this to say on the bill, quote, we are now telling businesses what to do. I don't want to impose any laws on a private business owner if they want to put up a sign that says you have to be vaccinated to come into their facility, end quote. Lobby team member Lauren Gleason caught up with WBRZ yesterday to talk about the bill saying that at Lobby, we always support employers' rights, in particular small businesses, in being able to do what they want to manage their workforce. You can check out that hit on our social media channels and in our weekly recap email. Our number two story of the week. Several Lobby-supported tax bills made it out of Senate Rev. Fisk, and those are SB 12 and 41, authored by Senator Mike Reese, and SB 28, authored by Senator Brett Allen. If you need an explainer on what those bills do, be sure to read our weekly our weekly recap email for a breakdown. In our last big story of the week, three important House education bills got out of committee earlier this week. They are HB 207, authored by Representative Jason Hughes, HB 333, by Representative Ken Brass, and HB 550, by Representative Julie Emerson. HB 33 would require that the State Board of Elementary and Secondary Education include information on certain class options as part of the secondary school advisement policy. The bill would simply inform parents of dual enrollment course options for their child when they go to make their schedule before the school year. The author of the bill, Representative Brass, said it this way, quote, HB 333 focuses on the way we inform our parents and our students. What this bill simply does is add dual enrollment courses to the list of available course options when students meet to schedule classes, end quote. Now it's time for the week ahead. The big thing that we're watching is SB 151, which is Senator Roger Pope's ITEP bill. We're urging you to please call the members of the Senate Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Committee and urge them to vote no on this bill. You can also click the Take Action link in our weekly recap email to email them directly and find out more about this bill. We need your help to kill this legislation. Also happening next week is a veto override session, and we have a special guest in studio today to break it down for us. So I want to give a special welcome to Lobby's in-house political guru, Bo Staples, for joining us today. Thanks for being here, Bo. Afternoon, Mary Beth. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, okay, so how is next week going to shape up, in well, your opinion? if the votes do not come in um, by the end of today, the 25th, uh, the a veto override session will begin on Wednesday. You'll see the House and Senate gavel out of the current session, um, recess from it, and uh, begin the uh, the veto override. I believe it's a, a three. They have up to three days to override um, a veto of either of the two congressional maps they passed, which were identical um, in content, and both were vetoed by the governor. Um, so they will need to get 
26 votes in the Senate and uh, 70 votes in the House. Can you walk us through, you know, the possible outcomes of this override session? Because, you know, at some point we're going to be talking about this could go to court, this, you know, a lot of different things. And as we've seen at the national level, too, you know, there's all kinds of redistricting battles going on right now. So kind of walk us through those outcomes. That's right. So if they are unable to override the veto, uh, Louisiana will not have congressional maps. There are a couple bills that have been filed in the the current session um, that will address congressional maps. They can send the governor unlimited bills this session, which will redistrict uh, the congressional lines. Um, so they have they have more bites at the apple, if you will. Um, if they cannot if, if they cannot override the veto, they cannot pass a map um, and then override subsequent vetoes of those maps. Um, at that point, the state of Louisiana has failed to. Uh, do it's it's or the the legislature and the governor have failed to do their constitutional duty by redistricting the congressional map based on the 2020 census numbers. Um, at that point, it would go to state court, um, and you could see the state supreme court redraw the maps. That is a six-one Republican majority, um, or they could pass a map. Uh, or if they were able to override the governor's veto, you would almost certainly see a um, a lawsuit challenging that while they have done their job. The, uh, the lines are unconstitutional um, based on the Voting Rights Act, Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Um, at that point, it would go to federal court um, where, you know, depending on which district judge it goes to um, and, and certainly would run up through the Fifth Circuit and to the Supreme Court, um, it's going to run, run the, the full course uh, regardless of who, who decides the outcome. Um, you know, it, there's two different courts they can go through uh, depending on whether they pass it, don't pass it, override it, don't override it. It's uh, it's pretty complex uh, stuff. It's uh, really interesting political theater. Sounds like it. So next week we have a lot to watch. So as our listeners know, obviously, the 2022 regular session began two weeks ago. So how does that affect the regular session schedule? Because it's like you have a you have the redistricting session in the middle of the regular session. How does how does that work? Yeah. So or the veto override session. Excuse that's me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they have to you know, this is kind of unprecedented uh, to have a veto override session during a regularly scheduled session. Um, it, to, to my knowledge, it has never happened. So they are uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's the proper motion. They're not adjourning sine die. Um, they may or may not want to adjourn. They may or may not want to recess. Um, they're trying to figure out the exact terminology, which will allow them to, to gavel back in after the override session and, uh, and, and hash things out from there and finish the session up. Okay, well, we might have to have you back on next week to, to give us the debrief and the rundown of what happened. But uh, thank you so much, Bo, for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And with that, tune into next week's episode of The Biz Weekly Recap and a special Sounds of Session episode where we sit down with Louisiana's Commissioner of Higher Education, Kim Hunter-Reed. Thanks again for listening and have a great weekend.